Drums, please. <laughs> Welcome back to the Faithful Fanatics Podcast. I am Don Davis, along with my man Snap Mansky, sitting across from me. We are live at the Yellow Jacket Media Studios out here in Willow Grove. And Snap, we got a lot to discuss this week. Episode big. two of the Faithful Fanatics coming at you live. Really big, big day for the NBA. It's like my favorite day of the year. <laughs> Besides like the first day of free agency, because like that's always just crazy. Yeah. Especially but, um, this little bit. Trade, trade deadline's fun, man. Three o'clock was coming Closer and closer, so the trades heated up more and more. And we got a lot. I think we got a decent amount of winners out of this. But let, you want to just you want me to run down the trades from today? Yeah, go ahead. Read them all. all right, off so for we'll, run, we'll run down the major ones. There's there's probably a few I'm missing, but here are the major ones. Sixers Warriors agreed to Alec Burks and uh, Glenn Robinson the third and three second round picks for what was it again exactly? No, it was those two for the three second round picks. Oh, for the three second yeah, round yeah, picks. Yeah. That's right. I'm sorry. And then, you know, Sixers traded with Orlando. They got they gave James Ennis for a second-round pick. He waived his no-trade clause. I guess he just wanted out. Uh, Warriors and Timberwolves got the D'Angelo Russell deal finally done. Uh, t- Warrior, Timberwolves got D'Angelo Russell, Jacob Evans, and Amari Spellman. Warriors got Andrew Wiggins, a 2021 first-round pick, top three protected, and a 2022 second-round pick. Then we had a three-way trade between the Heat, Memphis, and the Timberwolves. He got Andre Iguodala, Solomon Hill, Jay Crowder, and Gorgie Dang. And uh, the Memphis got Justice Winslow and Deion Waiters. And the Timberwolves ended up with James Johnson. Andre Iguodala ended up signing a two-year, $30 million extension. First and, of all, hold on. Before you continue, you don't want to cut you off, but is, is it just me or is that absolutely, positively stupid by the Heat? Two years, thirty million for Andre Iguodala. No, they totally just needed to lock. They wanted to lock him down. I mean, Andre's an athlete, man. I don't thirty mil for thirty mil's a lot. I don't think he's worth thirty mil. Hell no, I think in that situation, he had him by. He had like. First of all, can we? Can yeah, yeah, he did. But also, can we just throw out the like? How did he pull off what he pulled off? Goes to Memphis, He's a veteran. decides no one cares not to play. No one cares that an old veteran. What's he? Thirty five. No Something one like cares that. that an old veteran. They got tra- he got traded to a team that just had the second overall pick. Like he doesn't no no he no right. Wanna, I I understand he, he doesn't, doesn't want to be there at all. No one cares that he's there. He's a champion. He was an all star. If, if he I'm wants saying, out, bro, he, they should have gotten the deal done faster. In no, my opinion. No, I agree. But what I'm saying is like, how did he pull that off? Like, bro, you sit out, you don't play, you train on your own. You're not even with the team, and then you get traded and signed. Bang, two years, thirty million. No one's seen you since last season. He's a champion. He's got he's got a pedigree under his belt. I now. guess so. But I think the biggest winner of that trade was Memphis. They got Justin Winslow when everyone yeah. was just telling him to buy out Iggy. Yeah. It worked out. So let's keep it rolling. We had a four-team trade between the Rockets, Hawks, Timberwolves, and Nuggets. Rockets got Robert Covington, Jordan Bell, in a second-round pick. Hawk got Clint Capella and Nene. Timberwolves got Malik Beasley, Evan Turner, and Atlanta first round via Brooklyn. Jared Vanderbilt and Herman Gomez. I always mess up his name. <laughs> the Nuggets got Gerald Green, Noah Vonley, and Shabazz Napier. That was a big d- trade. Uh, we have the Cavs and Detroit made a deal. Andre Dubin is finally out of Detroit, and they gave up basically nothing in Brandon Knight. Jack Henson in his second-round pick. The Clippers, Knicks, and Wizards also had a decent trade. Uh, the yeah, Clippers Marcus got Marcus Morris and IT, who they waived. They, yeah, they're not keeping uh, The Knicks got Mo Harkless and a 2020 first-round pick. And the Wizards got Jerome Robinson, who I, I don't even know who that is. Oh, I couldn't tell you. And then, finally, Sacramento and Atlanta had a trade. Atlanta got Dwayne Dedman and Sacramento got Jabari Parker, Alex Len, a 2020 second-round pick and a 2021 second-round pick. Those are the major trades for the day. So let's start with the Sixers. I think we should. Yeah, let's let's and, get into um, everything. How do you Sixers? like it? Because you know we'll talk about we'll talk about losers and winners of the trade. Yeah. the trade deadline, of course. But let, let's talk about the hometown team, the Sixers, and they made two trades. A lot of I think a lot of people were expecting more. 
I don't uh, like this trade kind of didn't give me the the jazz I wanted. Like it's a good trade, I think, but at the same time, like I was expecting Al Horford gone. I really did. I expected I almost expected like an Al Horford trade. As soon as I saw the news about the Rockets shopping to Eastern Conference, I thought it was either Andre Drummond or it was Al Horford. Because that like the tweet had said like um they were looking into uh what did they say? Why they were, they, they, they were willing to take on a lot of cap, yeah. a lot of money if, in a center deal if there were assets. So I was just like, I was like, it's the Sixers, like, because I kind of wanted Eric Gordon. That's what I would have seen in that trade. You can't trade for him. You can't. No. He has no trade clause. Yeah. Well, well he, there's something going on. You can. I know that for a fact he can't be traded this year. I for, yeah. I read it. On, I forget where I read it. Him, I, 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 read, saw, I saw in the trade simulator. Cap-wise, him and yeah. P.J. Tucker would have matched Al Woodford's contract, and honestly, that's my dream trade. I feel like that's been every Sixers' dream trade yeah. for like the last three seasons. Like, get me Eric Gordon off the events and P.J. Tucker to yeah. play some defense. All right, well, let me tell you where my head's at first, and then I'll throw it back to you. Um, the thing with Horford is, I agree with you, he's definitely underperformed, and we'll get more into the Sixers after the trade deadline talk, um, because I do not, I think him and Joel are a terrible fit together, which is why I think he needs to move to the six-man role coming off the bench. So, looking from both sides of it, no team, I know we wanted, you wanted to trade, you wanted to get Hartford out of here and bring in kind of a splash trade, and you weren't that happy with Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson III, but if you look at it from other teams' perspectives, who no one wants to take on old Al Horford's $97 million contract. That's the one side of it. And then if you're the Sixers side of it, I think Elton Brand, to be honest, apparently he made it very clear that Tobias Harris, Matisse Thibel, and Al Horford weren't going anywhere in any of the trade talks. And I think he made it an executive. He brought Al Horford in here this offseason, and I think just he wants to see it through. Not give it thirty, not give it uh, fifty-one games. He wants to see it through. Um, I really, I like the trade. I saw it right. I was still up when it came out last night when Woods reported it. Um, I think it really helps the Sixers coming off the bench because that's kind of one thing that I think us as Sixers fans and even the organization as a whole kind of screwed up on over the summer is we th- we watched Mike Scott and James Ennis, I guess, overperform last year, and especially in the playoffs, bringing them back. We're like, okay, we got They're them back. They were way too valued. They right. were way too valued. Yes. I kind of want Mike Scott the fuck out of here. Yeah, me too. I, want, I thought he was going to be gone, but then again, that's the same thing with Horford. No one wants Mike Scott. You bring in Neto, you bring in Trey Burke, you bring in a backup they center, Kylo Trey Quinn. Burke. I still, so, yeah, I don't, I we'll get fu- into that. I don't fucking get it, dude. Uh, we'll get he's into that. He's so much better Instead than Neto, Neto and yep. every time he's on the court with Joel Embiid, the plus-minus goes up so yep. much. And he can score on us. He can score off the dribble. Well, and shoot but, threes. And so, shoot threes. Right. So I think the way it was going was Trey Burke and Kylo Quinn didn't touch the floor. Okay. Um. Uh. What am I missing here? They didn't touch the floor. You have injuries all across the board, so Shake Milton is ending up starting. Neto plays way too much, and we kind of overvalued the bench to where Korkmaz and Thibel are your main guys, and Thibel's not really much they're of a scorer. They're polar opposites. Right. Literally, they're, they're, so, they're clean-cut opposite of one another. Right. So One I, can get a bucket, and one, one locks, locks down, down on defense. So I really like it because now I think they're the head of your bench now. I think Alec Burks can play that backup uh, point guard role without Ben. With Ben off the floor, he can play um, with Ben on the floor. Yeah, no, I, like no, I said, no. Like I said, I don't think this is a bad trade in the slightest. Well, here's where I'll go. Here's where I'll take this. They're both shooting close to four. Glenn Robinson the third shooting four percent from three, and and Alex Alex Burks shooting thirty-seven and a half yeah. on on both on three and a half more attempts per game. Um, Alec Burks is averaging sixteen point one points per game. Glenn Robinson is averaging about twelve. Too. Right. It's only on 29 minutes a game. So, which I'll give them. I'll give them that. So my thing Getting is, bad I think the main thing we needed was bench scoring because we had none of it. And I think our team is only going to go where our superstars take them, being Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, and Tobias Harris. So getting if them, it comes down to them waking up and them and Brett Brown figuring this out as a system. But how dude, are you, these guys as defenders, too? Because like, you are giving up defense and James Ennis. You... Like I, I want to see how these guys fit after ten games before I can even judge it as a good trade. Right now, it's just I'm so new. Yeah, but not. This. Yeah, but dude, you have to look at it this way. James Ennis was already losing minutes, and also none of our bench can defend outside of Thibault, Corkmaz, Neto, yeah, Trey Burke. None of them was, can Ennis defend. Ennis is a huge energy guy. He improved it in the playoffs. Honestly, I I hate Brett Brown for not playing him more. Honestly, he struggled though this year. They, him and Mike Scott have digressed digressed so badly this year, and that's what They're really killed players. them. They get cold. They're not superstars. They've been cold the whole year, though. Mm, you're not wrong. <laughs> but I, this trade is either 
I, I think it's a I, I, definite this, this win. trade doesn't like the, the reason why I'm not ecstatic about the trade. Like the reason this trade, you doesn't, think it doesn't propel them? It, into no, a deep I think they moved run. an inch instead of a foot, and you needed to move two feet. That's what I think no, happened. I think the starters need to move two feet and wake well, the hell up. Well, it's not going to happen overnight, and Brett Brown's coaching isn't helping that. So like this trade doesn't even get me jazzed up. You got two more role players that are going to help spread the floor. Yeah, maybe the chemistry will build a little bit better, but you're still. This isn't a piece that's going to put you over the edge. This isn't an Andre Iguodala. This isn't a D'Angelo. Russell, this isn't a veteran guy that's going to put you over the top with some championship experience. He took two guys from a shitty Warriors team that are averaging good shooting. They're averaging a decent amount of points, probably career highs for them, but the Definitely. Warriors are trash. Right, but so I think they'll where, be better here, though. Okay, they, 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 yeah, any player would be better here because you're playing with Joel and being Ben Simmons. Right, so if they're shooting close to 40% from three, I'm not saying that number is going to go up. But they're also playing under Steve Kerr. A legitimate basketball yeah, coach. Okay, I'll give you that one. And not Brett Brown, who freelances the fuck out of the offense. Yeah. And you never know if he's going to call a play or not. 90% of the time, he doesn't. So, so, so this that's is where, where I get I'm, to That's where I'm nervous. Because we, we know Steve Kerr's system makes anyone look good. Right. Look at the kid from Villanova. I can't believe you forget. Pascal. Pascal looks like a superstar. Yeah. And some uh, We talked about that earlier. Yeah. Right? Like, he made that. That's all off their system. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, all right. Here's where I want to get to. We'll get back to the trade deadline. but And we can keep talking about Alec Burks we and gotta talk about Glenn the Robinson the third. We got to talk we'll about We'll get the there. Heat. But real quick. So, the Sixers, we always talk. Like, dumb. last. <laughs> Uh, you're not going to break another mic again this no, week, no, right? Not at this time, not at this time. Um, last episode, we kind of left off on a note of, well, the Sixers are going to play in Atlanta, in Boston, in Miami, and now in Milwaukee tonight. We'll learn a lot about this team going, like, after those four games. And we learned that maybe they're not ready. There's a lot of issues. That's but, why I wanted a big trade. But here's my thing for you. Who are they right now on Fe- today, February 6th? Because, An average playoff well, team. Well, hold on. They're seven and eight against the teams ahead of them in the East, being the Bucs, Heat, Celtics, Raptors, and Under Pacers. Right. They started six and two versus those teams. So they've digressed. So, okay. But they're also a very and the streaky East has team. Better. They're also a very streaky team because they've lost, they've had losing, losing streaks of three, four, and now three again. Probably going to get to four tonight on a, with a shorthanded team on the road against Milwaukee. So are they more, is this who they really are? Are they the yes, losing? They're a streaky okay. team. They're a streaky team. There's, they're not consistent right now. Anything you can't even argue it. There's no point to even arguing it. Like you said, like, oh, I'm not arguing. They're it. like seven and eight against the top teams in the East. We were bragging about six and two. This just shows you that the East is progressively getting better, and the Sixers are at the same team in the beginning of the season. Sixers didn't get better. Teams are just catching up to them. And like what the point I was at, like I, I just threw out the Heat there right now. The Heat have gotten extremely like the Heat have improved. With adding Andre Iguodala. That is going to improve their team. And they already kind of have our number. They're a scary team. They could come out of the East, no doubt. I'm, I, like it's not even a joke at this point. I think they have one of the best coaches. The in Heat the and the Raptors are the two teams that worry me. Milwaukee for the scares players. the shit out of me too because they 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 look solid. Like at first I was like, all right, we're the Milwaukee beater, but we look more and more inconsistent, and they look more and more consistent. And then you bring up these points where we we are a streaky team. We go on losing streaks. If a losing streak happens in the playoffs against one of these teams that are hot, and we're not a top four seed in the East, we're first round exit this year. It's that simple. That's why I'm sitting here and I'm so like almost depressed about this trade because like this trade didn't push you forward this trade isn't as good like indiana's kept up with us in the playoff standings and they just added victor oladipo they're gonna get better the heat added andre Iguodala. they're going to get better the milwaukee bucks are not missing a beat they're going to get better fuck the celtics look like they're starting to click more and more each week it, it, it's a scary situation to be in it, fuck even the even the nets are starting to, the nets might crack the playoffs with a late yeah. with a late game with a late season run like it's it, it like it seems like everyone in the east is getting better and there's just more and more issues for the sixers and it, it's it, it it's kind of destroying the season for me i'm hoping this trade helps i'm hoping after all star break the guys are rested up and they get like maybe maybe something changes maybe they have a serious meeting in all star break maybe they figure this shit out you know what i mean all right so the all star i mean the all star the trade the this, trade honestly. deadline is coming on well that's the thing dude i texted you the other day and I was ready to come in here and scream at a mic, and I was pissed off. But I've had times time to think about it. The trade has helped me a little bit, and I I'm not sitting here saying we moved the foot. I'm not saying they're back to being contenders. I just want to see it play because I think this team can wake up. You got to see it play out. Yeah, but you got to stay so, somewhat optimistic about yes. that. I agree with you. So but, my thing is, we're sitting here complaining like we're we're upset and we're saying you got to figure it out. So. I don't know if you have any ideas. I mean, we could discuss this. 
Let's try to figure it out then. Let's go into Ellen Brand because trade deadline's gone. Ellen Brand saw so we need get a bench scoring. The well, uh, already, they're going to have to get someone in the buyout I think, market. I think the biggest thing they fucked up on is as soon as you couldn't get Derrick Rose, at the, I was Ellen Brand this offseason, and the second you couldn't trade for something to package Al Horford out for maybe a really good scoring guard. And by good scoring guard, I mean like borderline all star. Like you're not trading him unless it's for like Eric Gordon, which you apparently can't do, which I didn't know. Or a Bradley guy like D'Angelo. Yeah, like Bradley Beal, D'Angelo Russell. Someone of high caliber without giving up a major asset, which is Matisse Thibel. Everyone that was on the phone with the Sixers during the trade deadline was probably asking, yo, Matisse available. Yeah. I, I, I guarantee you we could have pushed Al Horford anywhere we wanted if Matisse Thibel was included in the deal. Yeah. And like a first round pick. We could have gotten any player we wanted. But anyway. So this is the, but here's the thing. This is the team we have to go forward with. This team we have to hope well, you gotta, figures you it You got to hope more people so, get bought out and you got to build like, you, remember in the 2017, 2018 team, you got you to gotta pull off a n- really fucking clean a really fucking clean buyout market like you did in the past. Because that same year, they didn't do shit at the trade deadline. What, the Bellinelli and Ersan Oishir yeah, year? Yeah, they didn't yeah. do that shit that year in the trade deadline. But they waited for the buyout market, and they got the right guys. So now you got to sit back and see who gets bought out. There was a couple guys that got bought out that are interesting to me. Isaiah Thomas, for one. Yeah. Very interesting. Can't play a lick of fucking defense nah. kind of <laughs> on the backside of his career. But he can get a bucket. Yeah. He can run the offense. I'm sure uh, Isaiah Thomas, Joel Embiid pick and roll would be kind of fun to watch. But even though they don't fucking run pick and roll half the time. No, which I don't get. Yeah, I don't. Because you, you have two players. Two, two, ba- two have of the two, best centers that can do it in the game. And, Al and not even and just Embiid. that. Ben Simmons in a pick and roll would be explosive. Right. Explosive. And it's not ran nearly enough. And you got a guy big enough in t- uh, Tobias Harris that can also run the pick and pop. But so, dude, we saw so much of the two-man game with Joel and J.J. Redick. And I'm not comparing anyone on this team to J.J. Redick shooting. Don't get don't get that twisted, but why doesn't he try to run that with 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 Quirk Miles or Tobias Harris or something like that? Now Alec Burks maybe. Why doesn't Brett try to implement that back into the offense? I think he's stupid. <laughs> That's just where I'm at with Brett. But here's Brown. where I, I don't think like he's stupid. Brown anymore. So me and you talked about it last week, and your point was Al Horford can't go to the bench because he's making 97 million. It's bad. Look. You know, I don't give a shit anymore. Whatever helps it the team matter that helps the, the team. It doesn't matter to us if they give a shit. Just ownership is probably going to veto that shit. They, like, you you, you got to realize this is a business. You, if you're $97 million assets on the bench not playing. One, he can play. He's one, the six man. One, but do you know if he wants to be that? I'm sure if I'm getting paid $97 million, I wasn't brought in to be a six man. I'm a damn starter. You just paid me $97 million. Well, then, what, to sit the bench? So then that's my point. Either? So either Brett figures it out by putting his ass I on the bench, the, or you tell Al to figure it out with Joel. Because we talked about there, last if week. If they're anywhere, if they stay the route they're staying, and then and they, they don't crack the top four by after, I'll say March. March goes after by. After March? Yeah. Okay. If, if month of March goes by, playoffs are around the corner, and they haven't moved into the top four of the East, I, I would fire Brett Brown. And just scrap the season. Be like, whatever happens, happens. But we're firing Brett Brown and we're coach hunting until the, until offseason. That's that's how I look at it. If I think I'm going to be a first, if I think I'm going to be away in the first round, I'm firing Brett Brown. Do you think they quit on him? Fucking chance. Do you think they quit on him? Because that question's been going around. They asked Embiid yesterday. Do you think they quit on Brett Brown already? I, yeah. Now I think about it, because you know what, I never. Do you don't give up 81 points when you're when you're defensive oriented to the to the Miami Heat? Doesn't ha- in the second half doesn't happen. Absolutely, if they didn't quit on him, they quit on the game, and that was a four point game on the road the other night. Yeah, I know. So I here's see. my thing. Last week, me and you talked about Ken Joel and Ben play. I'm not talking about that this week because no. I think that Al Horford and and Joel Embiid are an even worse fit, and that's why I get what you're saying. And ownership could veto that. That's right. But as as far as this team goes for winning and making a push in the playoffs, I would. We talked about how can we figure this out. I would pet, I would put Harford on the bench when when Jay Rich comes back as the six man. He can still get thirty plus minutes a game backing up and beat, and then sliding to the four here and there. But my starting five would be Ben Richardson, Thibel, Toby goes back to his original position at the four where he's better, and then beat. I would start Thibel. first of all. Why is Shake Milton starting over Matisse Thibel right now? Doesn't it makes no they sense want to some me. Scoring, I guess, on there, or a guard that can handle the ball. A guard that can handle the ball, probably. I like. 
But I don't even know. I, would, I don't even know I at know. this point. Dude. I would start Thibault only it's because just, when him and Ben lock it down together, they get that energy going from the beginning of the game, and yeah. I think that's what this team needs. And so then my bench, Ben, and like, right. and, or I mean, and Joel, and like with Tobias at the four, he doesn't have to guard threes anymore, which is right. awesome because most threes are fast enough to dust him anyway off the first step. And then my bench would be Harford, Burks, Robinson, Corkmaz, and whoever you want to plug in. That's not a bad bench. And if the starters figure it out and play to the capability that Joel Embiid can play. with uh, play to Josh Richardson knocking down jump shots. Tobias Harris knocking down jump shots. Ben Simmons being aggressive and him and Thibel and Embiid doing what they do on the defensive end and Richardson. But they don't do these things. You know that, right? I, I'm a, I know. I'm saying it. The hope. What I'm saying is that needs to happen for this team. To I don't win. think. I don't think the way this team. I, I just think this team is badly constructed. I, I think we were all hype about it, and like I'm sorry to be so depressing. Like this I get it. I, I'm with like, you. I'm just trying to be optimistic because I do. I don't think there's any optimism for the season. I think we all I, know every year we guess it. Every year we guess it. Like we all the last two seasons said, oh, championship, championship. But in the back of all of our minds, it was like, hey, can they really win this early? Like, I knew two years ago I didn't think championship. Last year, I thought it with the starting five, but I knew the bench wasn't good enough. This year, I honestly did think they were good enough. They're not right now. Maybe and they proved they're not. So I'm sitting here like, all right, let's figure out next season. I'm not there yet. I'm there yet. No, not me. No, all right, I'm not there. I'll say I'm not there yet. I'm fucking damn near close. I'm giving it until 10 games after All-Star break. 10 games after All-Star break, we will bring this topic back up, and I'll let you know if I'm still, if I have any faith. Deal, because I'll probably be, if they don't figure it out by then, I'll be out too. But right now, February 6th, I'm not at 31 games. I'm just so critical of them now because, like, I get it, be- but you know what that is? Not, that's like, the fan. That's the that's the fandom in you. That's how we react. No, here. I'm a smart fan. It's no, I like, know, I know, I know. I know you're not calling me a bad fan or a dumb fan, but like people get like mad for being critical, and like no, I've never been be- critical of this team over all the years. I've never been critical. I always defended the slow grind. I'm like either 21, they're 20. They don't know. They're not there yet. It's their first year together. It's their second year together. This is the third year together. Every year I'm fran- I've been promised a championship. These guys are supposed to be superstars, and I just, I, it's just getting to the point where you got to figure this shit out, man, or you got to get a new coach. Brett Brown's been here for what six years now. Yeah, something like that. He's got three chances at winning it now. If he doesn't do shit this year, he's got to be. He's got to be out. I agree. I just think that's a way to go because, dude. I honestly, that's my biggest flaw with this team. I think it solves a lot of issues, a lot of spacing issues, a lot of Embiid and Horford scoring issues. If you move Horford to the bench, dude, the thing right now, you know he's he's taken 199 threes already this year. You know how many he took total last year in Boston? 203. Which who is Al Horford? He's four threes away from tying his total last year, and we have 31 games left to play. They them two on the floor. You we talk about Embiid and, and Ben spacing. Them two on the floor make it ten times worse. I and I know he's getting paid ninety seven million and over hundred million I if they win a championship. Brett Brown thing. I think Brett that's Brown my wants point. He's got him. Well, then we're screwed because he's got to move that's to where the I'm bench. At. We're screwed. <laughs> yeah, I, the look screwed. in your face is I, so I, depressing. I knew we were gonna have to talk about this today, and I'm just like, I was like sad about it the whole way. I'm like driving, it's raining. I'm like, like I'm listening like, oh, no. to sad music. I almost threw on Drake. Take care, <laughs> like you know, I'm ready to cry my eyes out about this stuff, man. Like, like I'm like so sick of it. I'm just so fucking sick of it. I hate every time they go on the road. I, I like, I'm like, I do. I even want to watch this game. Hell, I'm like, I might. I'm about to start just throwing money every time they're on the road on the other team. <laughs> Money line. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll start winning then. Probably. They probably will because I never have one gambling. so bad. But, dude, you got another thing we haven't had over this bad stretch. That, that's the crazy thing to me. We knew they weren't good on the road. It's just the last three games had, and the way they played have demoralized this fan base and us so badly that I'm just – I think they can figure – I think the, all, the stars on this team haven't played to their potential – I think that we haven't had the bench. We add two pieces. You haven't had Josh Richardson. You're getting him back. You're basically adding three pieces over this bad road trip that we haven't had. That's why I'm a little optimistic. And he, you look so upset. I just, I, just, I just am not optimistic at all. Like, I really am not. I think the Josh Richardson injury is just another reason to not be optimistic. Like, oh, shit, there goes one of our starters that we really need who actually fits the offense. Yeah, but he could play tonight. He's about to be back. If not tonight, tomorrow. Supposedly, who knows? Can we stop talking? Can we talk about the trade deadline? I, I don't even want. I really don't even want to talk about them anymore. Like I'm sick of them. Let's see. Let's see how the week goes before I talk about them again. 
We'll be, we'll be right really, back like, next week. Yeah, right. Like, but we do need to dive into some of the East moves. We really do. And, Go ahead and start them off. Uh, the biggest East move is the one I mentioned earlier, and it, it, it's, it's the Heat. I think the Heat have gotten started, one of the biggest winners of the trade deadline. Who else? Oh, I forget. Who else did they bring in in the Iguodala move? They in brought the in Iguodala other pieces. Move, they bring in Solomon Hill. Eh. Eh. They bring in Andre Iguodala. Okay. Okay, fuck. Great veteran, <laughs> championship caliber. Like, okay. That's like a solid move. He's probably going to come off the bench like he did in Golden State. Oh, shit. Right. Like, and he's with them young guys. So now he's just going to mentor these young guys who are already looking great. Then you got Jay Crowder. Fuck. Yeah. It's great wing defender. It's a typical 3D guy. Got out of Memphis. Now he's on a winning team. And honestly, another like kind of fuck one is like Gorgon Dang. He's a decent power yeah. forward. He's a great rotation guy. He can kind of stretch yeah, it out. Yeah, but hold on. Hold on. Because, see, this is where teams can... This is where teams can trip up. Snap. I know it sounds great for them all to play together. Those minutes are being taken away from somewhere. They're all from young, these young kids. They're all young kids, though. They're that's just, what I'm saying. And they're young kids the that thing. are winning. And these guys, these guys they're bringing in are so old. It's like it's a perfect mix. That's why it's scary. Maybe. You, no. Yes, it is. Because you got old guys coming in to mentor young guys. You got guys that have played on multiple different level teams, been to the playoffs, win championships. You're bringing these guys on, and you're putting them next to young kids. These guys are hungry. They're old. They won a championship. These, well, besides, besides Andre Iguodala, none of them have won. So Can like I bring J- up one point to depress you real quick? Yeah. Isn't that what Al Horford was supposed to be for this team? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they didn't pay $90 million. <laughs> no, 97 and There you go. That's why it's, <laughs> it's less depressing. This is less of a risk. Because all you're doing is mentoring young guys who have been studs, like Dunn, like Harrow. Like you, these guys are motivated. They're only going to make the locker room more intense. Do you know more- who I hate? Duncan Robinson. He's he, cash. I know he is, but he's the biggest dork I've ever seen, dude. And but he that's tears why they, us this, up. That's why this team is so good. Yeah, I know. Because they just find, they have all the right pieces, and they found them so easily. They nailed their last couple drafts. They they brought in the right guys. Like this this roster around Jimmy Butler, who like they I think they've all bought into Jimmy. They've all they bought into Jimmy, Absolutely and it's, it's and you see it. You see what Jimmy can do to a locker room, and like we all used to laugh at this, like oh they're too soft, they're too this, they're too that. Dude, they have two all stars on their team. They have great spacing and Kelly Olynyk too. They every they have every guy for every situation. It seems like, and it's all under budget. And they have one superstar, and it's the East. So all you need is chemistry to really get. Now to the you're top. making me depressed because it's true. You don't want to see the <laughs> yeah, Heat. If the Heat finishes a third seed and we finishes a six, we are a first round exit. We are a first-round exit. I ain't going there. We'll see. We'll see. We are absolutely are. Bam Adebayo gives him beat trouble on the, def- we'll on, on the when he's on offense. It, it's like so clear. Jimmy Jimmy finally found the money stroke against us. He dropped 38 on our head. See, but hold on. See, that that's one thing I got to get to because everyone went all Jimmy dropped 38 in three quarters, blah, blah, blah. One game. What did he do the first time when we blew them out earlier in the at year? At home? At home? Okay, and he did that at home. But it, but it's just, it's just at like I, they, those young guys should want to fuck him up for leaving. They should yeah, want to crush him. They should want to crush him. And Jimmy wants the Miami Heat to crush us. It's like we're not even that mad about it, you know? Like and B, and Joel and like Tobias were hanging out with Jimmy, and I get it. They're friends. This is a different league than before. But like this is a guy that ditched you and said y'all couldn't do it unless if I'm missing something in the management. Unless the management really wasn't gonna yeah, pay him. Yeah. And there's something I don't know. Jimmy left on his own and didn't want to be here for whatever reason. You should want to smash him every time. And this team got better. Sixers, I think, stayed the same. That's where I'm concerned. And, and like, they didn't even lose anything. They got rid of Deion Waiters. Plus, they gave up, they gave up Justice, Justice Winslow, Winslow, who's a good defender. But then you get two good defenders in Andre Iguodala and Jay Crowder. It's like you didn't lose the trade at all. Yeah, it hurts. It's scary, man. It is, but they're not the t- they they're not the team that scares me like that in the postseason. Toronto scares me more than they do. Toronto Toronto scares me too, but I just think the Heat are getting the Heat have done everything right this season. We'll they say. have had a fantastic season so far, and like it's not even over. It seems like everything since this offseason, the Heat have done right since like when when they when he when LeBron left. We thought that team was going to be a wasteland. They have rebuilt this team so well with no assets. It is insane. Okay, right. But um, I got the standings right here. 
So as well as they have played, and they obviously are going all in today. You've seen that at the trade deadline. They're going in. They think they can win the East. And as bad as we have been, with 31 games left, we're three and a half games behind them. I'm not saying that it's not a close race, but I feel like these teams that at the top of the East are only going to get better, man. That's my whole point, and I feel like we're going to stay the same. So, like you said, there's 31 games left. Sixers finish what? With like, let's say they go thirteen and twelve, or no, is that bad math? That's thirty on the. That's terrible math. <laughs> that's yeah, that is so awful. Thirty-one math. last. sixteen and fifteen would be in the middle. So like, all right, say they finish like, let's say they finish five hundred. Say they finish sixteen and fifteen, and the Heat finish like twenty and eleven. Well, sixteen and fifteen only gets you forty-seven wins. That's possible. It's only nah, now, nah, dude. Yes, our schedule's is. terrible coming up. Dude, if this came, if they if they quit on Rep Brown and this road streak thing doesn't end, we still have we dude, still have nineteen at games at home. The record is at on the road. Though. We still have nineteen at home to be played. We got to. I, I like I said, I'm being I'm being a Debbie Downer about this team in every aspect because I don't believe them in any aspect right now. They they're not proving it. At home is the only way they proved it. And I like still like okay, you have nineteen at home. Say you go undefeated at home. What do you finish with? If you go undefeated at home, mm-hmm. they would finish with forty nine. It's very plausible they lose two more at home and, st- and just fuck up on the road. And you think they win. lose every game left on the road? I don't think they lose every game. I don't think the they lose every game, but I don't think they win. I think they're over, a 51 I don't, team. I don't think they win or nearly close to 500 of them. They might I win think, five more on the road. All right, what they, it, how many they got left on the road? Like 11? I don't know how many they have left on the road. You said uh, they got 19 at home. So they would have 12 on the road left. So it's not impossible to think that they go five, five, out of, five out of 12 like winning. Like they they only win five games. Yeah, maybe or less. Because what are they now? They don't. Do they have. 10 they're wins? nine and eighteen. Do they on the have road. ten wins on the road. No, now? they're nine and eighteen. Okay, so it's not even. They could go. They could win three games out of that twelve games. If they keep playing like they do at home. What if they go? What if they go fifty-two and thirty? Are you happy? No, I told you last week what it's gonna. Happen. I don't care <laughs> about that final record. And, and the only reason I care about the final record is if we are a home team in the first round. That is the only reason I care about it. Okay, well, you're tied right So right now, we're tied both 31 and 20 with us in Indiana. We fall in the sixth right now. We're, like I said, we're three and a half are behind Miami. Fifth? Indiana is technically the fifth. We're, t- we're both so they already have the tie. Do they have the tiebreaker against us already? I, I would imagine so. I can't see it right here. But we still play Indiana. I think it's only one more time. I think we lost to them both times at home. Away, I mean. Yeah, I think you're right. So if they win the next one, they already got the tiebreaker. Sure do. <laughs> Dude, I'm trying to be optimistic I'm telling here. you, there's no there reason. Is room. I'm, no, I'm here. No, there's room to be optimistic. There's slight room. Like a there's sliver. Room. Oh, like a fucking sliver, There's bro. slight room. Dude, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, wake the hell up, answer my prayer. Josh Richardson, come back with a fire lit under your ass. Al Horford, move to the bench and figure it out. And Alec Burks and and Glenn Robinson III are going to provide a spark off the bench with Furkan Korkmaz shooting from three. You're really optimistic, bro. I'm trying uh, to be. I, I really You're depressing me. I really appreciate it. I'll be you, real. I don't, think, I don't think they're going to go far, but there's it can happen. I'm not saying it can't happen. It, oh, it can happen. Okay, it's so pro- there's room for like, optimism. It's can't and can with you. It's probably for me. <laughs> all right? It's like they they can go far, but they probably won't. And, uh, dude, anyone that knows me knows I am the biggest, like, Sixers defender. Yeah, I know. This is the first year of my Sixers fandom. I'm just, like, straight. I'm just, like. You want to know what's weird? I've been out on, like, y- you just said. You're, so we're basically like ass backwards right now. You've normally been, you defend them no matter what. You're kind of out on them. Right now, I'm like a homer. I'm a homer. I'm very much I'm a homer. Nor- no, I'm normally, I'll tell you straight how it is, and I get it. They suck right now, but I do believe that there's a sense of just over the because, dude, this no one was no one was going off like this before this three game losing streak on the road. Mm. I, I find it hard, and there are clearly internal problems, but I find it hard to believe. That these last two games are going to define who this team is. I, f- I find it really hard. You've won three out of four against Boston. 
You blew the doors off of the Lakers and, and Milwaukee at home the one time you played them. You got to play the Lakers again. You play Milwaukee three more times starting tonight. I do believe they lose tonight because they're shorthanded. Okay, but the thing is, dude, like, I'm sorry to cut you off, but the thing is you keep saying one word that's consistent with our big wins. Home. If we don't have a good enough record to be home, it doesn't matter. That's what you got to remember. If they're this bad at losing it on the way, there's no chance they steal one from another Eastern Conference team, especially when their record against the top of the East is 7-8. and eight. I know. Okay. Like, it's that simple. I know. It's that simple. I know. I, like, all right, let's talk about another <laughs> trade. I, like, I just don't want to depress you anymore. Big trade. Technically a big trade. I, I, it doesn't even feel like a big trade. That's the weirdest part. Warriors, Timberwolves. Timberwolves. We got to talk about this. Do you think the Timberwolves will get better? They're probably not going to no. make the playoffs. Do you think they actually win a game now, though? Because no, well, the losing streak's going to end, sure. But like, no, they don't like that. Losing you Andrew think it's Wiggins the piece that, that, that will make them closer to uh, an eighth seed. No, I don't either. I don't, not I, at all. This team would like probably win in the East. First of all, I'm not. This is like a, the clean cut example <laughs> of a team in the East. Playing in the West. This is exactly what it was like. See, this like, team is a goddamn seventh seed in the East, at least. I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not an Andrew Wiggins fan, let's say, but kid can shoot a little bit now. He score. He can. He can put up 25 on a given night, and he can defend. You put him with Steph and Clay, and I you think put they him won with the, the three, trade. So that's a, I do too. I think they got a better version of Harrison Barnes. I think it's the perfect fit for them to get back on track into their offense they had before. You're going to have Draymond, Steph, Clay, and Andrew Wiggins. They're going to be your oh, one through four. You know what almost happened at the trade deadline? Draymond Green was entertaining. The yeah, I saw that. Dude, if that had happened, I actually would have been really mad. That Draymond Green on the team would have been perfect. I think Draymond, if he got traded to the Heat this like at the trade deadline this year, perfect fit. I yeah. think I think that would have revitalized his career. Him and Jimmy on the same team. Gallinari you, almost got thrown in too. I'm so too. glad that didn't happen. They I, they would have been the favorites in the East, in my opinion, without Gallinari. No doubt. I know it's just that, that Gallinari, but like people forget how good that player. Yeah, yeah how good of a player he actually. Well, is. there were rumors that the Sixers were after him. Sixers were after him. That was one of them. They should. I wanted. I wanted Bogdanovich so them. bad. I did too. I wanted him so bad. Yeah, not a chance. Nah. Sacramento would have wanted it first. I don't even have to see a report on that one. That's what I would have been. Uh, you want Bogdanovich? Yeah. First. <laughs> Try me. <laughs> um, Only going top five protected. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we both agree that the T-Wolves, uh, I mean, that the Warriors won that trade. Um, the four, the what four, else am the I looking at here? The Clippers. Trade. Hold on. The Clippers. That's a big trade for them. Marcus Morris is a huge addition Probably for them. I wanted the best, him, too. Best players available. I, I, I didn't. Instead of Al? I, they have a history. The Sixers and Mark, Marcus Morris, Marcus Morris yeah, yeah, yeah. have a history. I actually said the Sixers were looking into Mark Keith, his yeah, brother, yeah. who With doesn't Pistons. even shoot as good from three, nah. which was like kind of pointless. Yeah, He shoots like 5% less. <laughs> like Marcus is the shooter. Marcus yeah. has always been the better one. Yeah, I didn't really think about that. They do have big Ben and Marcus Morris have almost fallen. Like yeah, every, every time they play. Yeah, like, dude's a douchebag. <laughs> not going to even front. <laughs> no. He's a Philly Surprise. guy. Like, he's such a Philly guy. Surprising thing is that the Lakers stood pat. I think that's really no, surprising. I, I'm not surprised at all. Dude, they were after why would you everybody. Trade? They were, but, like, if, if a good enough trade wasn't there, why, why make the move? No, I agree, but I'm just you know saying. Like, I, mean? I, I like, just can't they, believe they, nothing I happened. Pat, I think them making a move was like the smartest thing they did. I think they have the chemistry already, and I think they have the talent already. And I actually think they have the coach. I think Frank Vogel's back to being it. Frank Vogel's a good coach. Yeah, people forget that. Um, and they, you right, can let me see throw this at you remember, we remember, move on. remember when in the beginning of the season we thought the Clippers were going to be the best defensive team in the league. Yeah, everybody said that. Glad it's like Clippers, Sixers. That's what everyone expected. Everyone. It's like the Lakers. And it's Frank Vogel. I'm yeah. telling, Frank Vogel is a great defensive mind. People forget what that Pacers team was like when he had star power. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. And now he's got he's like Anthony Davis is probably gonna win defensive player of the year at this point. Just because yeah. he, he's he's the leader of the one of the best teams in the league with the best defense. That's usually how defensive player of the year goes. You 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 have the best defense and you're like top top ten team. You, and you're the best defensive player on the best defense in the league, and it's top ten in the league, and like record wise, usually get defensive player. Yeah, there. like Kawhi, Draymond, Rudy Gobert. Like I don't think Rudy Gobert is. Now, dude, Jokic tore him up last. Yeah, time. I know. That's what I mean. I, like the, earlier this year, I would have told you it's Ben. I still think Ben is in the race for it. Yeah, 
But like I said, I don't think the Sixers are going to finish with a good enough record for him to get it. Yeah. Um, and I don't think real quick defense. before we move on, because we do definitely have to recap the Super Bowl. Yes. Um, it's all a little football. Glad that you brought up uh, the Clippers because out of the two you teams in LA. No, no, but you brought them back into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, who do you think come like, who's the better team in LA? Lakers. Are you kidding me? I like the Clippers. Dude, they barely have played healthy. What do you mean? What have they proved? I'm talking about at the end of the season. Yes, it does. No. Yes, it does. The the Lakers, I think. If Kawhi's I already put money on the Lakers to win the chip. You're you're bold. No, I'm not. You are bold. Look at how well they play together. Look how well (laughs) we knew it was going to be good. How well they play together. The Sixers team that you're putting down kicked. Curb stomped them. Once at home. Once at home. Okay. They probably won't even see the Sixers in the finals, so what does it fucking matter? <laughs> the The Los Angeles Lakers are the best team in the league as of right now. As of right now, sure. Well, first of Anthony well, Davis ooh. is Defensive Player of the Year, and LeBron could be MVP. Record-wise, says the Bucs are the best team. No, because the Bucs <laughs> only have one superstar. All right. You know what I mean? All right. I'm just saying by the end of the year, I think Clippers come out of the West. Not a chance. You've seen what the Lakers have done. Well, actually, the Clippers have beat them every time. But at, we'll but do like, we'll do a little. But here's later the other thing: I don't it's series records in the regular season don't matter to me. Every like you know you know when that point was proven. If you have enough superstars, that shit doesn't matter. You know when that was proven to me? I think it was the 2013 playoffs when the Nets, the sixth seed, met the Heat at the third seed in the uh, in the playoffs. Nets swept them that year. Swept the Heat 4-0. You know what happened in the playoffs? The Heat swept them 4-0. <laughs> You know what I mean? It doesn't matter at the end of the day. I agree. I'm just saying. Super, I think LeBron and Anthony Davis are on that level, and I think LeBron makes Anthony Davis arguably a top three, top five player in the league. We next to LeBron James. All right. You got two top five players. I I, I just don't. I, and you have the Clippers perfect. also have Kawhi and Paul George. That's not two top five players. It's one top five player. And a top ten player. It may be. Paul George is top ten player. I can name top ten players. I can name like 15 top ten players. You know what I mean? No, he, not, all right, fine. He's like, all right, let's move on to let's move on to football. Go to the no, well. We gotta cover the we gotta cover the big four team trade. All right, yeah, yeah, because Clint Capella is on the move, and this actually. Why gotta, did they do that? They have no center now. I know, which I don't. I guess they're going to huge. They're going to live Jokic, in, AD, Dwight Howard, they're gonna live and die by that fast paced offense, man. I guess so. So like the Rockets got Robert Covington and Jordan Bell. Jordan Bell is a. Then they trade. He's gone. Did they trade him? Yeah, or trade him or waived him one or the other when I, I was driving. Know, Jordan Bell would have actually been a perfect fit for them. That doesn't make sense. The Hawks got Clint Capella, and I think that's a great fit. It is. You, Clint Capella used John to run. Collins, Clint Capella, Clint Trey Capella Young. and James Harden used, like, used to run this amazing pick and roll, and I feel like they Trae just Young. completely stopped it. Yeah, Trae and Young's I think that's that. why they made the trade, yeah. and I think it's perfect, man. I, I, I really do. I think the Timberwolves came out decent out of this, and I think the Nuggets... Got some decent players out of this. I think Who's the Nuggets uh, getting it. The Gerald Green, decent okay. shooter. Yeah. He's very much improved since he came back to the league mm-hmm. in Houston. You got Noah Vonley, okay. decent backup power forward, and you got Shabazz Napier, decent ball handler. It's not a bad trade for them. I think they swapped him too. They probably. Did. I think he got swapped for somebody. Wait, the, the biggest thing for me is I think the Rockets really improved with adding another perimeter defender in Robert Covington. If they're gonna live and die by this fast paced three. Three and D offense, surrounded by James Harden, Russell Westbrook, just attacking nonstop. I think that's the perfect fit for that offense. Robert Covington, perfect fit. That's where he started his career too. A lot of people forget he was really, kind of, yeah, he was. I didn't know that he was Houston, and then he was a Viper on the D League team. Wow, yeah, and then he came here. All right, we got about seventeen ish minutes left, right, so let, let's let, let's, hit, let's, let's go football. I'm sure we'll be back talking about the Sixers and our hopes next week. Um. So the Chiefs took home Super Bowl 54 with a 31 to 20 win over San Fran. Patrick Mahomes took home the Super Bowl MVP, he finished with 286 passing yards, 29 rushing yards, three total touchdowns. Um kind of an odd Super Bowl for me. Nah, not at all. Dude, I told you. I told you the Chiefs are going to win. No, 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 not not the outcome, just like the feel of the game like neither quarterback like balled out. Well, no. Patrick Mahomes didn't ball out in the first half. He made he made some great plays at at the end of the game. I, like the Tyreek Hill toss on third and fifteen or whatever yeah, it was, yeah. was was ridiculous. They Perfect. escape and uh, or no was that? What am I thinking of, dude? You just kicked the shit out of the table. I do that every time I like adjust my seat. I keep. Forgetting. Why am I drawing a blank on the touchdown run? Was that the Super Bowl? Damian Williams. No, the Patrick Mahomes run. Was that the Super Bowl or was that the week before? 
That was a Super Bowl. Yeah, it was, Super was it? Bowl. You know what I'm talking? The yeah, crazy yeah, run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He made. I don't think it was that crazy, but he scored a touchdown, right? Nah, I'm thinking of something else. All right, never mind. But anyway, <laughs> he had a yeah, 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 huh? He had a rushing touchdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you're right. Yeah, you're right, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, okay. My guy, my guy, thank you. <laughs> but, like, he was 26-42, so he was 50% th- uh, passing. Um, two picks, uh, 61.6 Q- uh, QBR, 78.1 quarterback rating. Jimmy Grappolo was 20 of 31, 219. Great game by him, actually. Very two surprised. picks. Yeah, but two not picks. Great, not great, but I, I thought he did better than I, I was really expecting. I don't know, dude. Kind of 40.6 QBR, 69.2 rating. Oh, shit. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> Um, I thought he looked, I thought he was see, better than what I expected. Here, I thought here's they were what I don't get. Him. Here's what I don't get. Raheem Mostert had 12 carries. You had a 10 point lead up until about the 10 minute mark of the fourth quarter. Why does Raheem Mostert only have 12 carries and Tevin Coleman only had five carries? What? what like we talk about the coach is a choke. I know. So that's proven um, now. Yeah, exactly. This is the definitive proof. So after this we talk about these coaches, like these young up and coming coaches that are great offensive minds in the regular season. Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay. But you've seen it over the last couple of years. Dude, Kyle Shanahan has now been shut out in the le- in fourth quarter, in the fourth quarter of the two Super Bowls he's been in. He was shut out 21 to nothing by, by Kansas Chiefs. City. By and he was Chiefs. shut out 19 to nothing. And then a sit, obviously the six Don't point touchdown wrong. against the Chiefs. Patriots. Are a Super Bowl champion team. They won it all. They're an amazing team. Right. But the but defense the to defense put the straps shut on them you. down in the fourth? Like, what, dude? It's mind blowing. And like, honestly, like, I kind of expected it, man. I really did expect the Chiefs to kind of win like this. Like, I said a blowout. Wasn't a blowout. Fourth, a second half. Dude, say. I thought the Niners had it. They were I, up 20 to 10 see, with I was nine never, or 10 I, minutes here's left. Here's the thing I was like, never scared. Like, isn't that? I was like nervous, but after that first touchdown where they took that slight lead, I was like, I'm not scared of this team now. I, I'm just, I'm trying to remember at the point of the game, did can't, did he, did Mahomes throw another pick or something crazy or a fumble or something happened where it was ten nothing and San Fran got the ball back and I'm like, wow, I'm like, I think they got it and then I think they tied it ten ten by halftime. Yeah, well, f- well, hold on. Here, here's my thing. Speaking of going into halftime. This is why. This is another reason why he chokes is because he plays. He plays how Andy Reid used to coach games, big games. He played not to lose, instead of to win. He had a whole minute left with the ball with three timeouts, and he just sat on it. I mean, yeah, they threw the bomb to George Kittle that he caught and it got called for pass interference, but he basically just decided to sit on the ball with a minute left and three timeouts. That's playing not. That's playing scared, playing not to lose, and trying not to get Patrick Mahomes the ball back before halftime. It was just I. I couldn't. I didn't know what he was trying to do, and then to get shut out in the fourth quarter and just completely go away from the run when your quarterback already turned the ball over twice, and your and Raheem Mostert had four touchdowns in the NFC Championship. I don't get what he was doing. He did the same thing he did in, in the Atlanta New England Super Bowl, and that's my that was my biggest takeaway. I'm not trying to take anything away from the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, but Mahomes played. He made a he couple spectacular plays. He was bad in the first. In the first half, he was bad. Right but in the second half, I give him I give him credit. I give him a lot of credit. I do, he, he but kept, I think he kept going. He kept going. He kept passing. He kept doing his thing. And I think that's what great quarterbacks do. He never got away from his game. You're correct. Like. Yeah, I agree. He never got away from his game, and that's why. Oh, also, big news about the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes bro- broke the Madden curse. Yeah. yeah. Big, big news. Big news. Madden okay. curse is dead. And I'm going to need Carson to go on the Madden cover this year. No, probably not. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. That's Lamar. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely Lamar. If but, you think it's anyone but Lamar, <laughs> you're fucking insane, man. But, like, uh, like, the whole game just was weird to me. Travis Kelsey had under 50 yards. Um, George Kittle had four catches for 36 yards. Emmanuel Sanders had under 40 yards. Neither quarterback statistically played great. Mahostert had 58 yards. Like the whole game just had a weird feeling. And to me, and again, not trying to take anything away from them. And you're right. He Mahomes kept slinging even when it wasn't working for two and a half quarters. And he brought them back and outscored San Fran and that great defense 21 nothing in the fourth quarter to win by 11. But I, my biggest takeaway was Kyle <laughs> Shanahan, and I think. I think it was more of a choke than anything. I think he played scared and not to lose rather than to go win the game and bury Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. That that yeah. was that was my yeah. biggest takeaway. Yeah. So now that the Super Bowl's over, let's, we got talk, about, a little, let's talk a little draft before we get out. Yeah, we got about ten minutes. Uh, you draft, actually, you wouldn't hear t- just because of right now the, the, the um they're picking the All Star teams right now. Oh, are they really? Yeah, uh, Team LeBron's picked. What you want it? to hear this fucking starting five? Oh Could you imagine if this was real? It's Harden, Luca, Kawhi, AD, Bron. 
So then what's team? So then what's <laughs> he, he just picked his last player. I think he did. I'm, on, I'm literally watching him on Twitter. <laughs> I'll keep you updated. Let's talk, let's talk NFL let's draft. Let's go Because now that the Super Bowl's over and let's the talk NFL, NFL draft. Yeah. So if you're... So we'll keep it draft, but we'll go Eagles. Um, who are you looking for the Eagles to be... Not who and what position positions are you looking for the Eagles to Why target? Receiver, cornerback, and safety are my biggest three. Agreed. Yes, and I, I only me really, to me it's wide receiver. I mean, it's no line. wide receiver is number one. But my my whole philosophy on the first round this year is you get the best wide receiver available unless there's a, there's not really that many like killer safeties that are probably going to fall yeah, on no. the Eagles. So I, I'm looking at second. I'm looking at the secondary pick, second round pick. Second, yeah, okay. it, it, either wide receiver, cornerback, or safety. You can have a little more freedom on that. Like one of those position falls, best available, take it. But in the first round, you gotta go wide receiver unless if one of these really good cornerbacks are just right there and you just can't pass on them. Like say like a Trevin Diggs is right there, you can't pass on no. him. You can't. Like he's that good of a corner. It would be stupid. And even if you do, even if you do, maybe you fucking trade back if that wide receiver's still there and that guy's right there, so mm-hmm. someone can go up and secure him. So you gotta still be you gotta still be loose. Trading back in the first round is always a smart move in my opinion. If you know who you're gonna take. But well, what pick do we I have got right three, now? I got three guys, three wide receivers that I'm in love with. I love Henry Ruggs the third. So do I. From Alabama, CD Lamb. C. I Lamb. like T Higgins from Clemson, mm-hmm. and I like the kid from Colorado. I'm gonna try it. <laughs> La Vizquia, Salute Junior from Colorado. Kids Those are my big three. Shit. They're all projected to get around that area. The kid. Higgins, his, uh, Higgins and uh, Ruggs are everywhere in the first round. I've seen them in the top five. I've seen them in the bottom 20. I've seen them in the outside of the first round. You know what I mean? They're everywhere. But my personal favorite is T. Higgins just because the kid was a beast this year. I think if he's like five picks away from you, you trade up to get him if you have to. I think he's that good. He's 6'4", 215. He had 59 re- receptions this year on a uh, 1167 yards he averaged 19.8 average yards a catch and he had 13 tds like this is the guy you want man this is the guy you want on a shitty ass wide receiving core yeah that we have you bring in a guy like him you get the sean jackson back hell nelson aguilar might ah, he's gone ah yeah he's gone i don't know who's, the kid? who's the kid that blew up greg ward greg ward no, there's definitely a spot on greg ward for this greg ward's got team. a spot on this yeah. team but it's he's, as a third, it's a, it's a slot But he, he earned it. He earned oh, definitely. It. Very much earned definitely. it and very much is hungry, which I like. I said, I, I think. Got great chemistry with Carson already, too, yeah, which I love. There's two guys from, from that kind of carried the practice squad that kind of carried the Sixers, Sixers, Eagles into the postseason last year that I think have a spot on this team. One being Gray Ward, I think he's definitely has a spot. Boston but, Scott. Yep. I was a big Jordan Howard guy last year before he went down, dude, and he was playing very well. You just can't pay him. He, 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 now, Someone's going to give him too student, much. And Sanders proved too much at the end of the year Sanders that he's the number one on, guy. He, honestly, I'm in dream world, dream world, if you could sign Howard and Howard and Sanders Coexist. They could. I'm very much convinced they could now. Because I think after Sanders got that bit of confidence from Howard going down, he really got the, the feel. So, like, Connor really, on it. He got the feel. He got the feel to be the first. And the Eagles are very good at running the, that uh, running back. Co- like with Glenn, Ajayi, yeah, they're very Clement, keeping, in the Super Bowl they're, year. They're very good at um, sharing the yes. rock to everyone. And they're very good at making it effective. And I feel like that's very important when you're going to share the ball between a lot of good running backs like that. Because if they're not getting the, the touches in the right spots to make them effective, like they get, they get pissed off. Yeah. Like you're, you're not using me right. They start arguing with the coach. When the Eagles won the Super Bowl that year, they used Blunt correctly. They used Ajayi correctly. They Clement. used Clement correctly. Like they, they all got the right touches and the right positions. And they love playing them. together too. And dude. that's, that's what was so everyone's good about buy in because together. everyone, since everyone's getting the good touches and the right running the right plays. For well, theirs, they simply bought in. They bought into they, they what bought Doug was in, pitching. but it was because the coaching. Right. They, they bought, set it yeah. up so they would be effective. Like Sanders getting like uh, running it outside. You sending Howard down the middle. You give him touches like that. All right, Howard, this is your TD. Right. Like you're running it down the neck this time. I know it's Sanders. I know you just had it a bunch of time. And like you know, I feel like Doug Peterson's like that type of. Coach, where you can get yeah. guys to like buy into that type of mentality. So this mock draft has the Eagles taking Christian Fulton at twenty-one, he's corner from LSU. I did not. I, I haven't really looked into who's going to be a free agent. I know there's a lot of free agents coming off the Eagles roster this year, but I did not know that. Aside from Maddox, all the other corners are free agents. Yep. I did not know that. And then it has T. Higgins going twenty-two, which I us. would take instead of the corner. 
And then it has LaVisca Chenault, your boy from Colorado, going that's what 20. I'm talking about they have him back. going 24 to I, the Saints. That's why I'm talking about trading yeah. back. You know, you got a good corner right there from LSU. That kid's good. What was his name? I forget his name again. Christian Fulton. 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 Fulton had a great year. National championship. Guys like guys that win like that, especially mm-hmm. in the first round. You know, someone's like, he probably will go before that just because of the national championship, right. to be honest. I don't think a guy like that fall, like falls that low. Just my opinion. Right. But if he does fall to the Eagles right there and you see your guy right back there. You I know, agree. I agree. Talking their heads. Hey, dude, you know, someone, someone's on the phone with us to come up and grab. I'm like, we'll trade back one spot. Like, but what's your offer? You know what I mean? Yeah. I think I think that you need I, you need one of those wide receivers first and I would rather get a free agent corner or two because and then I mean you can get you can pick up corners later in the draft or like you said second round if you take a, your wide receiver first round but corners I want in free because the thing with growing corners is you never know what's going to happen coming out of college like obviously Sidney Jones had the bad Achilles mm-hmm. there but he hasn't turned into anything dude there's got Logan Ryan, Byron Jones, Chris Harris Jr. They're all free agent cornerbacks this year. They're all on the Eagles' radar. If you can grab one, two of those would be disgusting. Your water, and then if your wide receiver core is Deshaun, one of the one your first dra- oh, round no. draft pick, and then maybe Rob Robbie Anderson. Yeah, Rob, I, I like Robbie, Robbie Anderson. Anderson. I do. And Greg I do. Jackson, Robbie Anderson, Greg Ward, and your first round draft pick with Ertz and Goddard. Very good. Very yeah. fast. Very fast. Exactly. I think that's what Carson needs. I'm looking needs. at uh, free agent uh, corners right now. What? You just don't, I just don't want any of these guys. You know? you got, like, I'll Chris, take Chris Harris. Chris Junior. Harris. Logan is on Ryan. There. Logan Ryan. Jimmy Smith from Baltimore. Byron Jones. Those are the three. Those are the three I want. Byron Jones. Yeah, I don't even see him on yeah. here. But, uh, you know, you got like Bradley Royd. You got uh, I'm good. Caleb, you, who's like 34. Fuck that. Yeah. He's always hurt, too. Darby. Yeah, nah, yeah. Carr, nah, Coleman, Williams. And like the, the crazy fucking thing about it is I just read off them names. Ronald Darby's the youngest. He's 26. Isn't that mind boggling? Yeah. Like Time to move on. Like, like, Trayvon Williams is 37. Um nuts. But before we get to the draft, they the Eagles did announce their um locked uh coaching positions. Uh, coaching, Are coaching. they locked in on their offensive yeah. coordinator who so, will be well, everybody? Yeah, they don't have an offensive coordinator. They did they're, that before though. They're doing yeah, they're trying to follow the San Fran thing, but so, I don't think they need it. I think Doug Peterson's actually a very smart offensive so do I. coach. Um but here's their here's <laughs> their coaching so staff this I hope year. He goes back to that ballsy thing. For, yeah. Um Dino Vasso is the assistant coordinator for the defense. TJ Paganetti is the assistant run game coordinator and the assistant's running back coach with Deuce. Uh, Andrew Brainer or Brainer is the pass game analyst. Uh, Aaron Moorhead, who they signed today, is the new wide receivers coach. Marquan Manuel is the new defensive backs coach, which I really like from Atlanta. Matt Burke is the new run game coordinator and defensive line coach. Press Taylor got upgraded to passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach. And then Rich Gang Scangarello, however you pronounce that last name, is the new senior offensive assistant, which is basically gonna do whatever. Whatever, whatever dog asks them to do. Even cares. I, I don't care. I just, let's see how this, I just need to see offseason moves. I'm not worried about coaching. As long as Jim Schwartz and Doug Peterson are there, I'm actually not scared at all. I think Me we either. have a, I think we have a good team. I think we have great coaches in this Philadelphia. I think you have to hit. I mean, first of all, there's going to be a big roster to fill because of how many free agents there are. There's a lot of old names. Jason Peters gone. Darren Sproles gone. Most of the corners I don't want back. McLeod's probably gone. I think you got to re-sign Malcolm Jenkins. You definitely. have to sign Malcolm. He deserves it. And I know this isn't a business and not. Oh, he's the leader. Not a team, team but he is the leader of the defense. He plays every snap. I know he's on the older side, but God damn it, the man is champion. Yep. He's what you need on a team like this, especially, if, miss a especially snap. if you bring in a young safety to start this year from the second or third round. Yeah. You want Malcolm Jenkins right next to him. Yeah, you do. Very much so. I think they do bring back uh, Green Goblin too. Jalen? Yeah. I think they do for too. cheap because I don't think Jalen wants to go anywhere. I, I think they I think Jalen. Jalen also has a really big Darby. Team. Gone. If you keep Jenkins, Jalen will stay. Darby's got to be gone. Russell Douglas has to be gone. Could give two think, shits about think, Sydney Jones. I think they'll bring back uh, Russell. Yeah, you I do. Think, yeah, I want no parts of him. I don't either. But really, but I think I think that's a guy they bring back. Yeah. All right, Snapple. We're about at the end of our yeah, show. Yeah, make sure you guys go follow us on Twitter, at Fanatic Fans. That's what. Yeah, PAH we is. are at Faithful Fans. Oh, Faithful Fans. I'm um, so sorry. On Twitter, or and you can follow us at DylanJD98 and at NotSizmanski. Um, it's in the bio of the yeah. page. Just find it on the page. I know no one knows how to spell that, and I'm not spelling it. 
But also make sure you get the Squawker app if you're listening to this on the podcast app. You can listen to us live, and we're eventually going to tune fi- in. We're going to figure out how to do that. We're going to do a call segment yeah. when we actually get more viewers. Yeah. But make sure you also tune in to us on the podcast. You can listen to us anytime. We got the first episode, The Legend of Kobe, out now. We have not thought of a name for this clearly. Because we are recording it right the depressing now. Depressing 76ers. Yeah, probably Depression 76 or something. Like, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Anyway, guys, thanks for listening as always. Snap. It's going to be a fun ride. We're just getting started here. Yeah, I like that. That was a good ending. Thank you. Sixers need to fucking pick it up, dude. I'm so mad at them. All right, thanks, All right, guys. Have it, a great cut night. Cut it. Drums, please. Ah!